right, well, this will be take two. <laughs> um, it's funny because I started the first take by thanking listeners for being here, even though I am definitely a beginner at this and have made mistakes such as using the wrong microphone and um, weird technical sound quality stuff that is over my head that I'm working my way through and uh, not not talking about topics that I thought I was talking about and then writing a description that included it. I've, I've done some weird stuff so far in, um, in the first handful of episodes. And then I continued to record the first five minutes of this podcast on the wrong microphone again. So we stopped and, uh, and this is take two. <laughs> um, so welcome to you and uh, welcome back to my guest, who is my dad. Uh, I am talking to my dad today because he is my mentor in a lot of areas of life and my partner in crime in some other areas. Uh, He is very capable of being serious and equally as capable of being silly, so I thought he was going to be the great a great person to talk to today. Uh, my dad, Rick Williams, is here. Hello, dad. Hello. Thanks <laughs> thank, for having me. Thank you for being here. I wanted to start by talking about curiosity, which is sort of like the pillar buzzword, I guess you could say, for, for everything that I'm doing with this podcast and with the Our Little Charm website. Uh, curiosity is like a big driving force for me, and I know that I've heard you talk about it before, so can you share your philosophy on, on being curious? Yeah, I, um, as I grew up as a child, I would not have described myself as curious. Okay. But when I was probably, well, probably close to your age, Mm -hmm. I think about it, um, I was going through some sales training, and I was listening to this cassette program on cassette tapes <laughs> yeah. is what I mean by yeah. that. 25 years ago. Yeah. And um, and one of the traits uh, they talked about for successful salespeople, which has been what much of my career has been, um, was that they're curious. That, 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 salespeople are curious. Yes. That that's one of the traits of successful, of successful salespeople. And I really started thinking about it uh, and I realized that much of what I had done up to that point was actually sparked because I'm much more curious than I'd ever realized. Do you think it was that you you had just never thought about it before or you had already decided, oh, I'm not a curious person? I don't think I'd really thought about it before. I, I, I started thinking about it from that moment of just uh, how that would help you in, mm-hmm. in that profession. And I was already in that profession. And then I realized when I sat down and met with people, I was just asking them questions constantly. <laughs> and it wasn't really a process, a, a sales process per se, but I was more more likely pretty interested in what they had to say about it or what why they did this this way or how that worked for their company. or And I would end up having conversations with people about their families and where they came from and stuff sure. because well people love being asked questions and and most of the time i mean the work that i actually did was semi interesting but i've always found people much more interesting and i sure. much rather have those conversations with them well and it's kind of 
cool because the industry that you work in is you're you do sales, but for printing, and mm-hmm. you do a lot of signage and things like that, and and basically every other industry requires that. So your job has let you make connections with people in industries that you don't work in or that you like know nothing about, and that's got to be even even more fun when you're a curious person. Yeah, I was I was uh, very fortunate because I started in the graphic arts business and. That exposed me to a much more diverse group of people than I grew up knowing. Good. And um, that was just hugely beneficial to me in so many ways. But I look back on it and I realize, like, well, that's fascinating that that person is that way. Or that's fascinating that that person grew up here. Or this is how they think. Or what they've been exposed to. And uh, Your background shapes you a lot. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. I had a good background with some diversity, but you grow up in your family and Mm -hmm. the people you know and the friends you get to know. But when you get the uh, opportunity to be exposed to so many other people, it just, it just helps you grow. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's great. And I think um, being curious is like uh, just a way to be mindful right now when we have so much information just kind of like available to us all the time not just it's always available but it's like pushed in our face all the time and it's like here's what you should think here's what you need to know like you don't have to think for yourself I've done it all for you just like follow the right accounts you know Mm -hmm. um but when you're like actively being curious you're actively paying attention and asking your own questions and um you know, like the the Facebook algorithm doesn't maybe have the answer to your question, but uh, someone you know from Facebook might. Well, and when you're with children, you know, children are naturally curious. And yeah. to, the, to the annoying part, every parent will tell you, you know. <laughs> but why? But why? Exactly. <laughs> why, why do I have to go to bed? Why do we do this? Why are we going here? Why are we eating this? I mean, <laughs> you know, children use the word why over and over and over. Did and I do that to you? You, Yes, you and your brothers did that to me <laughs> a lot. Um, but it's wonderful. And I don't think we should lose that. I think, yeah. um, I think why is just one of the best words in in language and I love that. it's it can be used so many ways you're you're trying to learn you're trying to push back authority uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's fair why that's is, a good way to use it why is used or in, why not why not you're trying to challenge somebody oh i was thinking like oh i don't know should i do this eh, why not it, no that's another good uh, you know a good meaning for it yeah. you know it's not it has multiple meetings meanings and by and large, they're all positive. I mean, I guess you can use it sarcastically or stubbornly and sure. that type of thing. Which we're also quite it, good at. Oh, yeah. But why is just a really good word that I think as we get older, um, what can't you use why toward? I mean, you, you sit in a car and you're thinking of all the things that you have to do that day and mm-hmm. where you're going. Mm-hmm. But have you ever thought, you know, why does this car work? How does it, how does this happen? You know, I mean, yeah, hardly ever. (laughs) Yeah, And it's something you're sitting in and doing this, but you know, I mean, I grew up, uh, you know, I was just going to say, I think that, um, that's especially, uh, in the, in the yoga teacher business, um, anatomy wise, that's a really interesting one because people, 
you can be a rocket scientist and you can be, you know, straight A, Harvard graduate expert person and have absolutely no idea what's going on inside your body, which is like a pretty crazy thing. And it's your body. Like we all have one. And, you know, some people like do not know like, oh, like my lower back is tight. I should stretch this out, you know, Um, which I feel I feel like is a very basic thing because I've lived my whole life and my different jobs as a person working with my body uh, through dance and through yoga and performing um, and then now teaching. But it's it's amazing that some of the smartest people that I know have no idea what's actually going on inside of them, you know. And how can you not be curious right. about how your body works, you know? But I am, I'm totally a hypocrite because I, I don't know anything about my car or how it works. And I, <laughs> I don't, I, I mean, that's what you're for. That's, that's, that's a dad's job. That's know? a dad's job. I don't know. Um, but yeah, why, why is an important word? You were going to say something about your background or your family too. Um, oh gosh. Yeah. That's okay. We kind of yeah. trailed off. I can't, can't remember what that <laughs> Don't was. worry. I'm sure they'll come up again. <laughs> <laughs> it's inevitable. Um, let's talk about, so I, I'm turning 26 in April. Uh, in case you didn't know, <laughs> I, was, I was saying that for the Wait. listeners, but you just nodded at me like it was new information Wow, to you. usually I get this information <laughs> from your mom, but okay. So yeah, I'm going to turn 26. Um, so, and that, I feel like my life is kind of a hot mess. Uh, what were you doing at 26? Oh, <laughs> it's very, my... very different, I think. It was. So, boy, 26. So I started in my career doing what I'm doing when I was 18. Mm -hmm. So by the time I was 26, I already had eight years experience in it. And I had uh, gone to work for (laughs) the second company I worked for in the business and to date the one I worked the longest for. I ended up working for them for about 19 years. Okay. And uh, I was... The youngest person at that company, nice. and I think they we had about 60 people at that time. Okay. And it was a pretty significant company in our industry. And uh, I look back on it and think, oh my God, how annoying was I to the rest of my coworkers? <laughs> because you were going, but why? <laughs> I was. I was doing that all the time to oh, them. Oh my God. And, um, you know, so uh, I was married. Um, I want to say I was maybe married and your mom might have been pregnant with your older brother. Okay. Right around that time. Uh, might have been, been then. I know how old she was, but I don't know how old you were. Yeah, let's see. I Um, think she was 24 when she had Adam. Yeah, so that would have put me around 26, 27. Sure. A couple years older than her. So that was about to happen. She might, maybe she was actually pregnant about this time. And I was starting to think about, oh my God, this is actually <laughs> going to happen. That I'm going to be a parent, which uh, um, I realized that obviously that was very important, but I never fully realized the, that that would be the most impactful thing on my, in my entire life. Being a parent. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's definitely yeah, that makes sense. That every I think I've heard that from everyone who is a parent. <laughs> Something yeah. happens that we don't know about on the other side of it until it happens, and then. No, I think you know, one of the things 
that I've described to people who haven't yet become parents or, or never maybe did and chose not to, is uh, the very second you become a parent, you immediately understand your own parents oh, yeah. a thousand times more than you ever did. Oh. And it's, you maybe don't fully understand everything about them, but you now understand how much they love you. Yeah. You you see your child and it's mind-blowing how much you love this new person in the world and you realize that is exactly how your parents have felt about you your entire life. That's so sweet. It, it's it's very sweet, but it, it also it comes with a lot of other things. Most of it's sweet. But for me, you know, I wanted to then immediately apologize to my parents. <laughs> For the things I put them through for, you know, I could have been better. And, and it put you through a lot of fear. Like, oh my God, now I know why they worried so much, you know, then and still do. And, yeah. and you, you never stop. And, uh, um, yeah. And it, it impacted me in other ways. I, uh, I was all of a sudden much more concerned about the world we lived in. I started caring will, about the we'll world. We'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> the yeah. world we live in <laughs> and uh i was such i was so much more um i guess the way it impacted me the most was i was immediately so much more concerned about the person i was oh like being a like being an example yeah being an example and being uh what i would give to my children that uh you know i think I think I saw that a little differently um, when I became a parent, and I grew to see it much differently. But uh, you know, I think some parent, uh, some people, it's their natural inclination to want to make little clones of themselves. Um, okay. You know, not a you know, mini everybody. me. Yeah, it's mini you know, me. Oh, yeah. this will be great. They'll be just like me, and they'll mm. do the things I like to do, and they'll. <laughs> so egotistical. It is. I think you. You know, this I'm will be just... so great. It'll be just like me. <laughs> I just made. I just made a clone, and I'm so awesome. This is how. How could this be? You know, bad. But if you're, you know, self-aware, you start thinking about that in a very serious way. It's like, oh my God, they're yeah. going to be like me. <laughs> it, it quickly passes yeah. from a wonderful thing to a holy shit how i gotta stop doing this i gotta be more better at this well, and we definitely i think we are like you i i will be as <laughs> i just tried for 10 seconds to think of a better word than ballsy but <laughs> But I'm just gonna. I will be ballsy enough to say that uh, I think that I am the most like you. Would you? Would you be ballsy enough to agree? Boy, I don't know. I don't know if you want that. that <laughs> I didn't the, say that. It was a good thing. No kidding. Um, yeah, in some ways, it's which surprises me because you know you're you're my only daughter. And yeah, I have two sons and. Uh, and your older brother was here first, and you know, I, I kind of thought he would be more like me than anybody. But yeah, I do. <laughs> I do see a lot of yeah. things that uh... I see. I mean, I, I, 
it is kind of mind-blowing to me. There's no question whatsoever who my parents are because I, I truly feel like a 50-50 split between you and mom. Like, there's so much of mom's personality in me, and there yep. is so much of your personality in me, and it's it's amazing that I've made it this far <laughs> with that being the case. Boy, it is. It's, uh... Uh, at least, you know, at least you have your mother's side of things to balance out <laughs> stuff I gave you. Stubbornness. <laughs> yeah. and, and but that stubbornness is a good trait, too. But, you know, I think that's part of it. I think on kind of the serious note, um, I looked at those types of things in my personality, stubbornness. When you became a parent. Yes. I mean, more so than I'd ever had, done, you know, done before. And as... Um, as well as you know your grandparents, you know that I come from two of the most stubborn people <laughs> that have ever yes. walked to the face of the earth. Yes. And I think, you know, stubborn is can be a very self-destructive tendency if you don't harness it or if you don't... Got to use it for good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, being stubborn can take people down the wrong road just out of being stubborn. Well, but it I it is kind of your superpower though. It is. <laughs> I but I but I think I've become more comfortable with it because I think there's a difference between stubborn and tenacity. Okay. You know, being tenacious about something, a goal or um, you know, uh, an endeavor of some type. Um I think that is a softer type of stubbornness. Sure. Because I know, and it's probably because of the people I come from and the examples of stubborn I've seen in my life, there's a, there's a spitefulness to stubborn, to being stubborn at times. Yeah, you know? there definitely can be. I'm not doing that because... I don't really have a good reason, but right. you're telling me. But it's more, it's more important that I am right than that I yes. do right. Yep. And, and quite honestly, I see um, a stubbornness in society, you know, mm-hmm. coming um, through radicalism and that type of a thing that I think we're experiencing more of. And I think there's a lot of reasons for it, but... But then again, yes, the superpower part of it, I do like very much that I can be very tenacious. Well, it is it is your best defense against radicalism, which uh, you and I talk about quite a bit. Um, just that the way society is set up right now is sort of you're supposed to pick one side and you're supposed to attach yourself and your identity to that side and you're supposed to like immediately define people as enemies who are not part of that side like it can get that bad um especially when it comes to like larger conversations like politics um but your superpower is arguing against people who have very radical opinions and 99% 99% of the time that goes nowhere. Well, for the for the rest of us, 100% of the time it goes nowhere. It's not helpful to argue against people with radical opinions. They just get defensive and it doesn't matter what you say. Somehow against all odds, you can get people to open their minds sometimes. 
Sometimes I've, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's like, and it's like just often enough that it keeps you going and you're does. like, okay, I'm going to keep arguing. It does. Cause I, I won't pretend that I don't like it when somebody has told me, you know, you, you posted this thing the other day or, or whatever. And this might be somebody that, uh, generally speaking, we have different ways of looking at things and they, and they say, and you know, that really made me think about that. And when I get one of those, win. it's a that's a big day. It's, it's a, a nice big day. exactly that gets me through the probably <laughs> hundred <months>. other <laughs> of pointlessly yes. arguing it's with like, people that don't listen. How do they not understand <laughs> what I'm trying to say? You know, so it it does uh, help me work through it. But um, but yeah, I think you know everything doesn't have to be an argument, but we are in a place that. People are gravitating to that. Yes. And I think, you know, there's just some simple things that when you want to have a real conversation versus an argument, um, you come to it that, you know, respect gets respect. Yeah. You know, definitely. When you start, you know, a conversation respectfully instead of an insult. Right. And you've got to look at what you're trying to do. Are you just trying to insult somebody and build yourself up and be superior? But what it comes back to is curiosity. That's uh, true. That's true. It's like, why do you believe exactly. the thing that you believe? I know this person. I know they're smart. I've seen them do these things. Mm-hmm. I know they're, you know, a bit of their background. Mm-hmm. And sometimes these are people I'm related to and some and love and, you know, friend, people I've been friends with forever. And sometimes they're more strangers. But um, I could make a really great list of things about this person. Right. So... If they think something so different than I do, that actually makes me more curious. I get a little bored in a room full of people that would think more like me. If you put oh, totally, yeah, it's it's like, well, what's the point to this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll actually, I I am so grateful for my friends. I have the best friends ever, but like, I wouldn't want to hang out with me. <laughs> like, you know, it's... I don't need. They don't. The, there doesn't need to be more Tessas in the world. But. Well, yeah, it's funny because, you know, this comes back to that about the same time I heard the uh, term curiosity that, and I started applying to how that uh, applied to me. Mm-hmm. I also heard this uh, about the universal maxim, which is, I believe, from Immanuel Kent. And it's, what would the world be if everybody in it were just like me? Oh, Oof. Yeah, and what it does, it puts... What is in, that called? It's the Universal Maxim. The Universal Maxim. By, I believe it's Emmanuel Kent. Okay. And uh, if you really think about that, it puts this huge bit of responsibility on you of uh, who exactly am I? Yeah. And I've never met one person <laughs> that I could say the world would be wonderful if everybody in it was just like that person. Yeah. And I certainly can't say it about myself. Well, and I think that, but that's a good thing. Like diversity is a good thing and, and people have different strengths. And that's, I, I mean, um, the other day I was with a friend and we were, we were in downtown Denver and we decided to, um, drive by Julie's mural downtown. Oh, okay. And, uh, this is my sister-in-law. Uh, so your daughter-in-law, um, oh, thank you that's for how, that. That's how that works. So Adam's wife, uh, she's a muralist, an incredible muralist, and she um, 
she designed the Our Little Charm logo, by the way, the hummingbird. That was her. Um, she she has a, a beautiful mural in downtown Denver that I drove by with my friend. And the friend that I was with uh, is like has her PhD and is an ER nurse and is like one of the most incredible people that I know and is just accomplished so much from keynote speeches and she's just an incredibly educated fantastic well-rounded person and we were looking at Julie's mural and it's like thank god that we're all different because Julie could never be an ER nurse and Megan could never paint that exactly like and yeah, it's just it, being different is not a bad thing. In fact, it's a great thing. Um, so I don't understand why we are in a society at a point in society where people that think differently than you are automatically labeled as well, as bad or dangerous or. Well, I don't know if that's. I think for some people that's more natural to appreciate the diversity of thought and. Uh, and that everybody isn't just like you. And right. So I can say for myself, I had to kind of grow toward that because I... So you would say that at, there was a point where you thought that if the world was full of Ricks, it would be okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no, I don't think, I don't okay. think that. I, didn't, I was never at that never, point. Never that night. But I, I did think that anything I learned, and it, especially if I thought it was great... Well, everybody else would want to know that. Ah, And yeah. so back to when you asked uh, what I was doing at your age, I was coming into that uh, company every day mm-hmm. and I would find something out about our business or what our competitors did or, or something. And I would walk into meetings and be <laughs> like, you guys are not going to believe this. <laughs> I feel like I've walked into meetings like that, actually. Yes. Yeah. And I found out that the ABC company does this this way. And if we start doing it this way, and and these people who were generally, you know, in their mid-30s to early 50s, significantly older for, than I was right. that at, time, the time. at the time. Well, I guess they still would be older. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they still are. Um, that uh, looking back on it, I just realized how annoying I was to those people <laughs> because for for most of those people, uh, and I, some of them are still my dear friends today, mm-hmm. I love most of them, um, they just weren't in this job to, you know, expand their horizons on the, what they were doing. Right. They were coming to work every day and uh, putting in their time and going home. Mm-hmm. And and. And that's fine. No, that's fine that, if you want to do. Yeah. But I was still at this exciting you were, you were period of time. Yeah. I was very hungry. Yeah. I was very motivated. I worked very hard. And uh, when I came up with some new efficient idea or, or something, well, who wouldn't want to know that? <laughs> well, yeah. I can tell you. <laughs> I, can tell I, can name, I can name the other 59 people in my company that no. didn't care no. about that information. But. Luckily, I had a pretty good boss at the time, and he liked I mean, he appreciated it. Okay. Because, yeah, because good things did come from it. Sure. Um, and luckily, I was stubborn slash tenacious. <laughs> so if I really believed in what I was bringing into there... You could not care, but that really wasn't going to matter. <laughs> Stubbornness is your superpower. I'll say it again. Exactly. And, and you know, I, I did learn to temper that over the years. But that industry went through a lot of change. And I remember um, probably maybe 
seven, eight, nine years after this period, uh, that business was shrinking and shrinking. And I found another avenue for us to, to go in kind mm-hmm. of by mistake. A client brought me a project and I figured we could do it. And I was smart enough then that I knew I was going to go into a meeting and tell my teammates what we were just mm-hmm. about to take on. And none of them were going to say, oh, Rick, that's fantastic. That's yeah. Because our business is shrinking and dying and you found this other avenue that we can go. <laughs> I, I knew better. I knew mm-hmm. it wasn't going to go that way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But I was going to drag them kicking and screaming that direction. <laughs> and fortunately, I was successful in doing that. And yeah. For everybody's benefit. As yeah, far as I it's can it's a good thing to be able to do. And I do you think do you think that it's always a good thing to be able to do, or do you think you need to like know when it's appropriate to be stubborn and push an idea through, and know when maybe it's it's not that it's not worth it, but maybe it's um, just not appropriate. I guess. I think. You know, it, it comes with a big responsibility. Mm-hmm. You, you've got to do your research. You have to understand what your motives are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and once you question that and come to the conclusion that they're worth it, I think you can go forward. I think the other thing you have to be careful with is uh, you can run over people and in, a, mm. and in a disrespectful Steamroll. way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And... Um, you know, that's not right. I mean, there's... And that's something that you probably weren't very aware of as, like, a hungry, smart 25-year-old. No. It was more of a, well, they're not going to get it. You're like, yeah, but I know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But this is the best choice. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yes. You know, Leslie Nope on Parks and Rec. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, sometimes I see Leslie Nope doing something and I just laugh because I don't think of myself as like Leslie Nope. That's funny. Yeah, I I don't think I think she's fantastic. But but in that way. In that way, she's like, come on, guys, you know, (laughs) obviously, let's go do this. And, um, you know, so, but there are people that maybe aren't um, as outgoing Mm -hmm. and, you don't want to run over their voice. No. Because um, those people often have good things to contribute. Oh, absolutely. And if you're too much of the, you know, uh, if you're taking up too much of the room, you have to leave them space to, yeah. you know, uh, to join. Well, and I, I mean, I think that speaks a little bit to um, just kind of like the awareness journey that you've been on with yourself for the last, like, I don't know, a couple years, I've seen big changes and, and just the way that you view the world and the way that you talk to people. And, um, and it, like, you've had a lot of self-realization lately, I think. Yeah, I, I have, I have, uh, I don't know where that's all going to go, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there's just a few things I, that have worked well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're, we're, you know, in a societal the place we are as a, in a society right now is everybody is so afraid to be wrong. Yeah. And, but one of the things that I found, oh, discovered a while ago was the best thing in the world is, is to find out when you're wrong. That is a great <laughs> day. When you have found out that you were wrong about something, whether it's little or big, that is Awesome. That is striking gold. <laughs> can you give me an example? Of what, um, what was the... You know, it can be literally anything, but it could be, you know, 
a, a statistic. It can be, but the bigger it is, yeah. I mean, it's more like really when you challenge your own belief system. Yeah. And, and that's, so let's say, you know, no, that's just, uh, people shouldn't do that because that just means they're lazy if they're doing that. Mm-hmm. But the day you find out that, no, it's not just because they're lazy. It's because of this, this, and this. Right. Um, you, you now understand those people better. You now stop. More knowledge is always a good thing. Exactly. Now, more knowledge, you may not like it. Because, yeah, that's and, fair. And, because, and people tend to not like discovering they're wrong. Mm-hmm. We, we are built, I think, to prove ourselves. Mm-hmm. To, But why do you want to be wrong? You know? So if you find out you're wrong, mm-hmm. you have the ability to correct that. Right. You know, do you mean, why do you want to be right so badly? Well, no, it's, you don't want to be wrong. So when you are wrong, figure it out oh. and then correct it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, the drive to not want to be wrong means that every time you are wrong, you're like, oh, cool, I can fix this now. Exactly. Okay, you, yeah, that's a, a very roundabout way to look at it, but... It's a but double negative. You're not wrong. There you go. And I think... It, it, it's okay. There's a stigma mm-hmm. about being wrong. Yeah, there is. And especially right now, like, I mean, what was the last news story that you saw about, well, we're blacklisting this celebrity now because oh, they posted gosh. a tweet 12 years ago yes. that was in not in alignment with our belief system now. Like, I mean, of course it's, that's the precedent that we're setting is that your your voice on all of your platforms has to always do the right thing and say the right thing or you might get like horribly punished for it like well and i think if we look at if we're curious about why people think something different than we do mm-hmm. um you asked uh, a second ago what was an example about being yeah, wrong so yeah. one just came to me um i am fortunate to have a lot of young people in my life yeah i have three of the most four of the most amazing (laughs) uh um, young people in my life and they have all picked some very good friends so i actually have a lot of faith in millennials and and young people i more than me sometimes (laughs) (laughs) i can make a lot of jokes about them also and stuff but um engaging in some of these conversations of uh what they think of mm-hmm. versus how I, someone my age thinks of something. And mm-hmm. one of them that's come up because we recently had an election and that type of thing yeah. is socialism. So socialism. Socialism. Okay. Yeah. So I grew up thinking of socialism um, as in, in the communist countries. Right. Which socialism and communism aren't the same thing. Right. But a lot of people my age do not they know those differences. They, they associate do... like Cuba. Exactly. With... Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You ask them, you know, name some socialist countries, uh, someone my age, and they'll tell you, well, you know, Cuba and the old Soviet Union and China. It's like, well, Venezuela? well actually, Venezuela, mm-hmm. another good one. And uh, in most cases, well, that's those are actually communist countries. But, you know, people in my generation tend to put those together because mm-hmm. when I grew up, the same people that espoused socialism and communism were often the same people. Or, right, right. or had very much um, very similar traits about them. So we grew up thinking in that, those terms. Well, that's now. who I think of. But okay. um, when, when you, know, you have these conversations, but young people I talk to, people mm-hmm. your age, mm-hmm. 
they don't even think of those countries. No. They don't really think of them at all, no. almost. They think of Western European countries, and, yeah. and in particular Sweden. the Scandinavian yeah. countries, who are that are social democracies. Right. So we have this void of who we're thinking about when we use the same word. And right. That came to me in uh, a social media exchange with a person your age. Okay. And somebody I know, she's a bright, uh, bright person, and she just, we were arguing, we were talking, and right. she's, you know, well, Rick, you know, I'm thinking more of Scandinavia or right. you know, Norway and Sweden. And I realized just... It's just an the aha generational... Moment. That's exactly who your your generation is thinking about. Yeah. And it's not who my generation is thinking about. Nobody's trying to be like Cuba. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody's trying to, yeah, to float away from their country. Right. You know, they're, they're not admiring those countries. Right. Um, so, you know, that's one example. No, I think that's a great, yeah, the, the fact that we are using the same word but associating it to two different things, no wonder there is a lot of tension there when that word exactly. comes up between people of different age groups. And it and it it creates this environment that my generation survived the Cold War. Mm-hmm. Your generation really doesn't. You know, you were born after that. You were, or we were, <laughs> you were babies when that kind of ended. I mean, I can I can name a lot of disasters: Y two K, nine eleven, right, like, COVID, <laughs> right, <laughs> but. When I was your age, I was still under the impression that uh, there would probably be a large nuclear war at, at some point. I grew up that that was absolutely going to happen, or okay. probably going to happen, okay. um, because there was the Soviet Union and there was America, and um, we'd been in this place for 20 years before I was born, mm-hmm. and uh, there was only one way it could possibly you know, solve itself would yeah. be in this you know, horrible event. We didn't even think of a way that it, that tension could go away without a horrible thing happening. Okay. And then we won the Cold War and we're shocked. Yeah, that 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 happened. Is, and now it's like the, the PTSD of like calming down from that. Exactly. Maybe. So we thought of that. Well, your generation, you know, never, never lived through that. But I think another example is... We don't have bomb threats. We just have school shooters. Unless, different, different. <laughs> well, unless they're uh, mistaken bomb threats when Hawaii was, oh, you my know, gosh. the horrible yeah. event. Yeah, well, okay. Were... So, yeah, I guess we have both. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Great. Yeah, whoopee. Good for us. Um, but I, I think the same things apply to the social justice movements that we see okay. now. Because, uh, and, and you've actually said a couple of things that, were aha moments for me and other young people. Is that like when we were having uh, conversations about the Black Lives Matter movement? Yeah, because if you're my age, or let's say if you're 35 and up, you can remember what it was like 20, 30 years ago. Right. And the incredible amount of progress that, that's been made since sure. just that time. Sure. Um, when I started... In the working environment, I knew people that were gay and that were out, mm-hmm. and but probably half of the people I knew that were gay were were not out. Oh, okay. they were not comfortable being out because because of their jobs, because of um, society. <laughs> we you know thought about that. Not that it was like 
not that they, a gay person couldn't be, like, out and proud at that time, but because society just hadn't quite, like, uh, what am I trying to say? We weren't progressive enough as a, we weren't as progressive as we are now, where they can be more comfortable. Exactly. <laughs> Still not completely comfortable. We're working on it, but, yeah. Well, one reminder I have uh, to to uh, explain just where we were at mm-hmm. is um, when Barack Obama ran for president mm-hmm. in 2008, he was the most progressive liberal yeah. presidential candidate yeah. we'd ever had. And, and certainly then became to be the most uh, progressive liberal president we ever had. Mm-hmm. But when he ran for the presidency... Mm-hmm. He ran against gay marriage. I remember you telling me that. Yes, he, you know, you can go YouTube all the comments. And people, especially progressives, are kind of shocked when they remember that. And sometimes they'll they'll argue with you. Yeah. No, he didn't. It's like, yes, he does. Now, I don't believe that that was actually what he believed. Were not his values. That was just what he had decided needed to happen in order to progress. Exactly. And in a backwards way, I don't know, it's it's so hard to, like, those are those ethical dilemmas of, like, is that okay, is that not okay? Because he did have to play the rules of society for long enough to gain enough momentum to become the president to make real changes. Right. And that's the point where now you can be better aligned with your own values and it's more meaningful. So is it better to, like, be gung-ho about your own values from the get-go? Or is it better to, like, reel it back and play by society's rules until you're, like, given that permission, you know? No. The ends justifies the means question. Exactly. You know? Exactly. But, well, yeah, tech. so, yeah, technically, yeah, Obama, when he first ran for the presidency, ran against gay marriage. Yeah. Now, of course, when he ran for re-election, you right. know, he, was, he could, uh, you know, be pro-gay marriage. Right. And, but I, I think a lot of things were changing during that period of time. Mm-hmm. I think it was um, that generation of people that were gay were having freedoms that they hadn't, the generation right behind them had, uh, right? hadn't. And people were getting more used to that idea. And Yeah, gay marriage is a pretty recent thing, actually. Like, exactly. You know, I've spent almost my entire adult life after gay marriage passed, but I think that was like, I don't know, I want to say, like, 2014, maybe. Like, right. it was, it's, that's still pretty recent. It is, it's really, it's, it is pretty recent. But someone your age, it's, it's just a normal. majority it's of expected. what your, what your political and social awareness would be. That's true. You weren't thinking of these things when you were five or six. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so, um, so I think that's a big part of, uh, the difference is people my age looking say, okay, We've had all of this progress, and it happened. And it's, and it's the same situation with racial issues. We have, uh, you know, we we've had a black president. We, right. We have people of color in every position, you know, through government, through corporations, through sports, you know, whatever you want to think about it. But your, gener- your generation has seen that as much as long as you can remember. Right. You know, I mean, because of... And now we're demanding more. Right. Well, and you have a... And what's interesting about that to me is you have a lower tolerance for injustice because you start from a more equal plane. I, so, I, 
That's okay. I've never thought about it like that. So when you see an injustice, you look at it and go, that is wrong that that person isn't being treated unequally. Yeah. Whereas someone my age, it takes a minute to get there because we think of it as, yes, but... We have come so far. Okay. You you should have seen it 30 years ago or, mm-hmm. or 40 years ago or how your grandparents describe it. Sure. And those things are all true, but so what? Yeah. I, yeah. That's not the point. <laughs> I love hearing you say that. I mean, it takes a, you know, just because we've made these great strides, mm-hmm. you know, in, in women's issues and in, in, in uh, you know, racial issues yeah. in, in gay rights those are all just human rights right and these are all you know groups of people that weren't equal and have made huge strides for Mm -hmm. all kinds of reasons and we should absolutely be proud of that but it shouldn't be the excuse of why something still is allowed to be a certain way absolutely i think that's a great way to put it um yeah your your generation can help put some perspective on it and 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 give me some hope because I spend a lot of time as a millennial just being like we're not doing enough the world is going to fall apart I don't know if it'll be because of a civil war or it'll be because of climate change but like we're not doing enough um and it, it can feel hopeless a lot of the time um so it's it's nice to have a gift from your generation to our generation of we are making progress you, we, you know, you've seen it in your lifetime. We've come a long way. And then it is a gift from my generation to your generation to push further on that progress because we haven't done enough. And, you know, that's where we need to go. We need to accept that we haven't done enough. So I love that you ended that by saying, like, but it's not an excuse. <laughs> the fact well, that we progressed is not an excuse. It is good, though, and we kind of forget that. It's it's very good. But I think in in... Any problem-solving exercise, sometimes it's that last few steps are the hardest things to accomplish. Yeah. You know, it's it's not unlike a marathon. You know, miles 24 and 25 are, are pretty tough. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> but what gets you through them is we're close. We've, we've already gone through one through 20, miles 1 through 24. Yeah, and, and my generation doesn't this. have that feeling yet because... We're at the beginning of our marathon. Or maybe we're all collectively at mile 22, but we've only been here since mile 20. Yeah, I think I think there's, yeah, I think that's true. And I think my generation sometimes is a little too happy that we've made it 24 miles. Okay, yeah, there's, there's <laughs> complacency or, or not, maybe not complacency, but unaware mindlessness on both sides. But together, we're going to push through that. And yeah, I think humanity... The more curious I am about people, I, the more fascinating I find them. And I have moments that I'm very disappointed, <laughs> very frustrated. Yeah. And I'm like, how could this happen? Or <laughs> how could we not be further than this? Or how yeah. can we not see this thing? Um, but you know what? That's It's always been that way. And, you know, I fell in love with history because it gives so many parallels to what's happened before us once you start studying that and no two things are exactly alike but there's millions of parallels 
and you see that we survived that. You yeah. see that we got through that. And you see that people came together here and you see that, you know, the world was going this direction and we stopped it and brought it back. Yeah. It gives you a lot of hope that humanity gets there. You know, we, we, we figure it out. Yeah. Um, we are I... able to correct our mistakes. Right. Like, we, I mean, I think as a young person, it's hard to recognize um, a monumental mistake and then calm down enough to know that we are capable of correcting mistakes and we have done it before and we will do it again. And yep. um, we, we get a little too passionate in the moment, which sometimes isn't the most productive thing to do. No, sometimes, you know, you spin your wheels a little bit. But right. one of my favorite historical figures is Winston Churchill. Yes, and, uh And as you know, I'm also very proud of a lot of uh, uh, America's role in history. And, and I'm also very recognizing our less than perfect spots also. Sure, but, yeah. Um, but one of the things I loved, um, one of Winston Churchill's quotes that I love so much about America is um, it was his goal to get us into the Second World War. And we, right, you know, right. He, England was on their own for a while. And mm -hmm. then it was England and Russia. And, and um, things weren't going well. And it was his strategy to do everything he could to encourage America yeah. to come into the war. And uh, when that finally happened, um, somebody said something to him about it. And he said, you can always trust the Americans to do the right thing once they've exhausted all their other options. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so... Oh, I hope that's applicable to climate change. I think it's applicable. <laughs> We're just to... working our way through our other options. But, you know, that I think it is. <laughs> I, I, think, I think America, I think the world, I think humanity is kind of like that. Yeah. We, we don't rush to that. Right solution immediately in all cases but you know we will get there we and will our hundred thousands of years of, of <laughs> humanity yeah. has showed us that we can keep doing that i like that quote a lot it's it is like cautiously optimistic yes you know it's um we will do the right thing uh but it's also recognizing that it's like a little bit of a of a facepalm moment like <laughs> yeah well just give them a minute <laughs> don't but, get here but it, it comes back to that curiosity of somebody that disagrees with you mm -hmm. how can that be well yeah. you have to take the time to listen you know and if you want you know respect gets respect mm -hmm. and if you want to be heard you also have to listen yeah and that's not always easy to no. remember. And when we are passionate about something or when we are arguing with somebody over social media or a friend at the office or a spouse, mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you, you get into these emotional moments mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. um, it's hard to... you have to calm down and remember these basic things. They're, yeah. they're not that hard. Yeah, respect respect each other and listen to each other you wouldn't think it would be that hard maybe it's not that hard and we just need to remember that i think if if we can remember that it's it sorts itself out yes you know yes and uh if if we want to stay stubborn and 
not care why somebody thinks the way they do, we usually don't get to move very far. That is coming from the most stubborn person I know. <laughs> so tenacious. So yeah, <laughs> he said stubbornly. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think that just about sums it up right there. Um, we are we are kind of coming up on an hour now, so I do want to uh, wrap things up. But I I do have a, a final question that I actually ask everybody that. Uh, comes on the show and I'm looking for an answer that is like a concrete actionable thing uh do you have just a thing you can do an action you can take every day to manage your life a little better be a little less stressful feel a little more creative whatever it is you you know uh I think stepping back you know I mean little problems in our day-to-day lives, I think, overtake us, especially when you add two or three of them together. You yeah. know, uh, from, you know, your coffee order wasn't correct to sure. uh, a conversation you had with somebody that's still bothering you mm-hmm. to, um, you know, whatever. They kind of build up. Yeah. But I think when you step back and look at things, I am still very grateful that I live in Colorado. I mean, yeah. I get, I, this sounds kind of hokey, but just staring at the Rocky Mountains relax me. Because <laughs> well, they're beautiful. They are beautiful. And I think that people around the world have, you know, oceans to look at or other mountains to look at or other beautiful things. But this is what I've had my whole life. Mm-hmm. They've always been there. Mm-hmm. And they calm me. And, and then I often think, you know, it, it spins me in a positive place that I'm very lucky. I have a lot of people that, that love me and I have a lot of people to love. Yeah. I'm blessed with good health. Yeah. Uh, I have a job that I like, you know. Perspective like that is, is essential to surviving all of the, the little annoyances. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you want to uh, feel grateful... You know, you can look at the news and see what people are really going through, you know? Yeah, um, that's true. That's always true. You know, I had a, a, a thought the other day um, that you and I shared. Okay. And so an example of what I'm talking about is um, the Las Vegas shooting. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that was... Um... Uh, 2017 it was a year a year after I moved to Las Vegas um, the Mandalay Bay Hotel and Casino on the south end of the strip um, went through the the worst mass shooting in in US history um, yeah it was not fun no. I just, sorry that was just background for no. in case anyone didn't know <laughs> what I was talking about but please it, back to your point it was on the news <laughs> maybe you've heard of it <laughs> but but that isn't how I heard about it. How I heard about it was I was in uh, eastern Wyoming mm-hmm. antelope hunting mm-hmm. that week. And um, I woke up to a text from my daughter. Okay. And all it said was, hi, mom and dad. Uh, I'm okay. Yeah. I wasn't anywhere near the strip last night. And I just wanted you to know. This was at 5 o'clock in the morning. Because yeah. I'm getting ready to go out hunting and I'm seeing this text. So, uh I know something awful has happened in Las Vegas yeah. at that point. I'm grateful that I know my daughter is safe, mm-hmm. you. And I turn on the TV in my hotel room, 
And then it's, there it is. It's all over the place. Um, So I, you know, super early in the morning, wasn't going to call you right then because I Mm -hmm. didn't know you were safe. And I, uh, um, where I was hunting, I was, didn't, I had horrible cell reception. Sure. So I waited until I was driving home that afternoon and, uh, and I called you and you were understandably upset. Yeah, I was pretty shaken. Everybody was upset. And I remember calling you, mm-hmm. trying to think about what am I going to tell her today <laughs> yeah. to take the edge off of this horrible thing. Yeah. And I had nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and those are horrible moments when you're a parent. You know, you're you're supposed to have something. That's that feels like that's kind of your job. Well, your job is to be there. Right. You don't well, have to have something all the time, but. But then I, I heard your voice, and um, I liked, I don't know if you remember any of this, but I, I liked where what I came up with was, you know, there are days, I, I'm a believer that there is good and evil. Yeah. I just, because I, I'm a history buff, I just <laughs> have seen too many examples of good yeah. and evil. Yeah. But I think there are days, like that day, and I told you, I said, today evil is just in our face. We we are seeing this, and it's and it's being uh, broadcast all over the world. Yeah. And we're gonna focus on this horrible, evil thing, and that leaves us feeling that that's yeah. so prevalent in our world. But even today, that day, we have to remember of all the good that happened in the world. That somebody that day, several somebodies. Got their dream job. Yeah. Somebody um, graduated from something and <laughs> achieved a goal that they'd been working on. Some, many thousands of lucky people held their child for the first time mm-hmm. that day. Yeah. Some people fell in love that day. That happened millions of times around the world. It did. And none of that was getting talked about that day, which of course it's not. The, right. The, you know, the evil thing that happened was going to be talked about that day. But all those things happened. Yeah. It's, that's a way to find your footing when you're, when you're lost in the, in the, the evil that's being presented to you. And that is just in the air and that everyone are talking about. Um, it's, it's nice to be able to ground like that and remember perspective it's looking at the mountains yes it, that's that's my point and you know every, you can find you don't even have to look for it you know these things are happening yeah they're happening right this very second while we're having this conversation they are and when horrible things happen or you have a setback you know yeah you, you have to kind of pull yourself back to that other place because well setbacks happen and evil exists and Things sometimes aren't easy. Um, great things happen. You know, good exists. Some Some things do work out easier <laughs> than, than you thought they were. You know, have you ever had a conversation where you've stressed out about, oh, I've got to talk to my boss about this thing. <laughs> yeah. and, and the stressing out about it is worse yes, than the talk, actual exactly. conversation. And they go, yes. oh yeah, that sounds great, Tess. And you're like, <laughs> well, what the hell happened there? Know, I'm all ready for this other conversation. Uh-huh. That happens just as much as as a tough conversation that you didn't expect. But 
sometimes we don't think of it that way. Yeah. You know, I don't even think it's balanced. I think, I think good has got a tiny bit heavier on the scale good. than bad does. And I think that's what makes me cautiously optimistic. I think that's a, that's a good place to be in. I think that is great advice uh, to, to find some perspective, find some grounding, look at the mountains or look at the stars or look at the ocean or whatever you got. But yep. that's really great. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for being here and spending an hour with me chatting about whatever the hell we just talked about <laughs> for it was, an hour. It was tough because I don't like talking and I don't like you. <laughs> so... Those two things. Mm-hmm. Now I got that over with. Well, uh, thank you for, for suffering through this. <laughs> um, I appreciate your time always. Uh, and now and now I have it recorded for other people oh, to no. put, appreciate or criticize or <laughs> whatever they want to do. You can take this hour and squeeze it down and maybe there's 30 seconds of wisdom. That, hey, that's pretty good. Mm, yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. (laughs) Thank you for being here. You're welcome. And to everyone listening, thank you for being here uh, and for spending the last hour with me and my dad, um, who, of course, I have come up with a brilliant introduction to now that it's the end of the episode. Um, But, you know, history buff, marathon runner, salesman, uh, hunter, father, friend, um potty humor partner in crime (laughs) Um, thank you for being here uh and i will see you in march